0: All right, welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, Detroit Lions beat writer for Live. joined as always by Ben Raven. Ben, what's up, my man?
1: <laughs> Not too much, you know, just kind of grooving back into off-season life at home, you know, giving back with the flow of things. Uh, we're doing all right, though. Doing all right.
0: The uh, off-season beard is in full cool effect. I, I like it. Vince. Looking good. Look at this. Just (laughs) just got done trimming it up. So, (laughs) So, we're recording this on on Friday morning. The NFL Honors show just went down a matter of hours ago last night, where Aiden Hutchinson finished runner-up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. So we thought, Ben, it would be a a, a cool idea to do kind of like our own awards show here, wrapping up the season. And we'll have actually Aidan Hutchinson on the back end of this podcast. I'm I'm catching up with him from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. So we'll be able to chat with him a little bit about his crazy week and where he finished in in the voting. But first, Ben, you and I, we've got our own awards for the team, offensive MVP, defensive MVP rookie of the year. I, I'm sure there's not going to be a huge
2: surprise.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> come uh, up with a hot take with that one if I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most
0: improved player, player with the most approved yet, and then play of the year. So I think there's some obvious candidates. I think there might be some dark horses in there, and we haven't even talked about this yet. So I'm curious to see how <laughs> it First up, Ben, offensive MVP. Who are you going with?
1: I am going with Jamal Williams. You know, I I, I, I just right out of the gate. I'll give my hottest take out of the gate right away. I just think this team doesn't go on that stretch without his consistency near the goal line. Now, he's not a game breaker. He's not going to do the things that a DeAndre Swift type should be able to or should be doing at this point. But, man thousand yards, breaking Barry single season touchdown record, 17 touchdowns. I know he had the extra game to do it, but 17 touchdowns just was kind of the consistent presence. I mean, he had the rough December, but I just think he really powered kind of on the offense down the stretcher. He was huge in that game against the Giants. You know, I thought he was really good on Thanksgiving. I mean, just those touchdowns, man, he was just so consistent near the goal line and this team really wants to pound the rock and he allowed them to do that this year. So Dark horse out of the gate, Jamal Williams,
0: offensive MVP. Couldn't ignore those 17 scores. He was definitely one of the most impressive players this year. And if I was giving out the most impressive award, maybe I would go with Jamal. If I was going with the biggest leader, maybe I would go with him. The award is offensive MVP, the most valuable player. And I don't know that you can go anywhere else besides Jared Goff. He was one of the most valuable quarterbacks in the league. He was 6th in yards, 5th in touchdowns, 7th in passer ratings. Sandwiched right between Burrow and Allen, by the way. Had a career low, 7 interceptions, 324 straight passes without a pick. Down the stretch, the 5th longest streak in NFL history. Bennett, it's it's impressive what he did. And it was, to me, the single biggest reason a team with at best on, on a good Sunday, an average defense, why that team was able to finish nine and eight. And, and that's especially true down the stretch when Goff was one of the, the highest rated quarterbacks in the NFL. He's number two, I believe, once December began. And the Lions, they went eight and two down the stretch because of it. And they did it while that running game was not at its best. I think the running game, you know, kind of hit its prime in the opening two months of the season. And there were some struggles down the stretch, including from Jamal. And listen, Jamal was impressive. I'm taking nothing away from him. You know, he was cash money inside, you know, inside the five, you know, at the goal line. And much respect to everything that he brought to this team. But there's no position more valuable in this game than quarterback. That's why they always win MVP. And Goff was one of the most valuable quarterbacks in the league. He was a Pro Bowl player in just a second season with the team. To me, Ben, there's just, there's no dispute that, that Goff deserves this
3: award.
1: Hey, he's the he's the most important for sure. We're swapped on that I think he was the most important player for sure especially when in that December stretch of the month when they really started turning it on I just uh, had to give Jamal the love I I got Jared on the list a little later down no spoilers there but I I had to give Jamal some love 17 touchdowns I mean I think he led the league by like a three touchdown margin I mean this team he he really helped them do what they wanted to do so I had to give
0: the guy some love so let's play devil's advocate real quick let's imagine that Jamal Williams misses like let's say a Mm. month of season what's the Lions' record? Or, or let, let's just say, take Jamal Williams yeah. off, see what's the Lions' record.
1: It, they probably lose, like, one less game. You know, it's not going to shift it, you know. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. They're probably 8-9 yeah, or even take, take, 6 take
0: Jared Goff off this team and put <laughs> any other quarterback on this <laughs> roster that's, that's been on this roster in the last year and put them under center. And this, this team wins two, three games. Yeah. But you lose Jamal, I mean, you lose a lot, but you don't lose uh, substantial Number of games more, and I think that to me reflects the value of those players. And I and I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick. Uh, hey, no, like, I got you. I like Jamal a lot. I just don't think he's the most valuable player on this offense. So let's flip the scripts. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Defensive MVP. Who is your most valuable player on that side of the ball? Uh It's uh, the Rook, Aiden Hutchinson.
1: I I just think. He was their best defensive player from the beginning of the season till the end of the season. He was there for all 17 starts. The amount of snaps he played in year one, the amount of snaps he played, period, are just stupid ridiculous. I mean, he did everything this team asked of, of him and more. And, you know, I don't even really need to belabor the point. He led all the rookie defenders, led this team in just about every meaningful pass rushing or defensive line stat. Nearly 10 sacks, three interceptions. I mean, it's Aiden Hutchinson for me.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I, like there's some other contenders in the conversation. Yeah. You know, for me, it's not as clear cut as as offensive MVP. But when you really think about it, no one was more valuable, right? And there were still some struggles from the defense. It, the defense got better down the stretch. And the biggest reason the defense got better down the stretch was the re-emergence of the pass rush. Dude, and, and not to say it was great. It, it wasn't great. But it was, I would say, the pass rush was above average down the stretch. And we haven't seen the lines get after the quarterback at that kind of level in in a number of years. And Hutchinson was the best guy doing it. He, they lean on him heavily, which I'll get to in a moment. But nine and a half sacks let all, all rookies in the whole league. He was runner-up for a rookie of the year for a reason. And he was the best pass rusher, especially with Romeo Acquara only playing a handful of games. Julio Acquara only playing a handful of games. Austin Bryant disappearing. Charles Harris going on IR, you know, there was a lot of issues in the pass rush and the pass rush still played some of his best ball in a long time. And it was the biggest reason the defense improved in the second half of the season. So I think, you know, there's, there's no direction to go with this one other than Aiden Hutchinson. I think we can just roll <laughs> <We'll keep laughs> yeah, but, yeah, this one, right? I, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Aiden is your rookie of the year, correct? Yeah, yeah,
1: no James Houston, not going to dark horse that one, you know? <laughs> yeah, and hey,
0: James Houston was the biggest surprise of the year. Yes, I, yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's no doubt about that. He came out of nowhere to do some things down the stretch that no one's ever done in the history of, of this game, and it's impressive. But he didn't even make his debut until Thanksgiving, whereas Eden Hutchinson played a near historic workload for this team. I mean, the, the, the way they leaned on him was crazy, Ben, and... Yeah. You know, they kind of tipped their their hand a little bit about their plans for him when they drafted him, saying he was a workhorse, right? That he was the highest motor player on, on their board, That they loved him not just because of what he could provide on the edge, but because of the versatility he could provide on the inside, which would allow him to fill in every down role right off the bat. And that's exactly what happened. He played 958 defensive snaps which trailed just Max Crosby among all defensive linemen this year. It ranked, and this is even more impressive, Ben, second all-time among rookie defensive linemen, at least since that stat began being tracked. I'm not sure when that is. But either way, incredibly impressive workload for Peyton Hutchinson. And you know what's crazy is he was still playing his best ball down the stretch. I mean, his best month, he was the rookie of the month in November. And he, I, thought, I believe he was the first guy ever to win that award for Detroit. And then he was the <laughs> rookie of the month in December slash January down the stretch as well. He did a back-to-back. And, and I mean, it looked to me, Ben, like he had a couple more games in him, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's real impressive. And just one more note from me on Aiden. I looked up the last 10 rookies to have nine and a half sacks. Uh, it's an impressive list, Ben. Micah Parsons, Josh Allen, Max Crosby, Bradley Chubb, Joey Bosa, Alden Smith. Von Miller, and Sue, Carlos Dunlap. Uh, yeah. So, so you, know, yeah. you know, what I'm trying to say is don't like fit Aiden Hutchinson for a bust quite yet. But the, the hit rate <laughs> of guys doing what he did is, you know, it speaks for itself. And I think the Lions, the Lions got a good one.
1: Yeah. And his versatility
0: NFL record, three interceptions for a rookie defensive
1: lineman. And I mean, one of those was on Aaron Rodgers and just a beautiful read one of those was down the stretch like you said he didn't hit a he didn't hit a rookie wall he broke through it he played less than 40 snaps in a game only once ended the season with two and a half sacks and an interception through his last two games lambo leaped to go out on a high note i mean just wildly impressive stuff from him so it's just like where can he go from here is absolutely just kind of like he has such a higher ceiling than I think we gave him credit for this time last year, and I think he's uh, he could be a really special one.
0: We'll we'll talk to him on the back end of this podcast. I'm excited for that conversation. He he certainly improved a lot down the stretch. I am curious, Ben, for our next award. Who is your most improved player?
1: This is where Jared Goff gets his love. I, I just think his Good. his I think he was truly the most improved guy because I mean he was kind of the, the first start of this season was a similar start to the first half of last season. So it was kind of like, okay, maybe that second-half surge in 2021 was a fluke. Maybe that's not the guy who we thought maybe he could be, and then he kind of came out slow again this year. Turnovers, fumbles, interceptions, poor decisions, and then, bam, week 10 hits, week 9 hits, and it's a completely different guy. He's, he's throwing downfield. He's throwing over the middle. He's using absolutely everyone, and this is after losing one of his top playmakers in TJ Hawkinson. I mean, the way this guy spread the ball around, spread it over the field, protected the football, didn't lose a fumble, didn't throw an interception. That streak is still going. It's still going into next season. That's how ridiculous that streak was. And I just think Jared Goff was this team's just most improved player because he went from, is this guy a bridge quarterback to how the heck do they not start this guy? And I just think the growth he showed from the first week in Detroit 2021 to the end of this last season, is just truly, truly remarkable stuff that, it's kind of rewrote the history books regarding his name. I'm not saying he's an all-timer or a top-tier elite guy, but he's really kind of proven himself as being a lot better than he got credit for in those bad years.
0: I think if the award were most improved player since 2021, like you have a, a really good case. And you, I mean, I mean, you're, you're totally right, right? I mean, there, there's a reason why it wasn't Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff trade. It hmm. was a Matthew Stafford trade for Jared Goff Two first round picks and a third round pick. Like that itself for me speaks to the perceived disparity between Matthew Stafford and where he was going in his career and Jared Goff and where he was going in his career. And by, you know, year two, Of of that deal. Jared Goff's the one that went to the Pro Bowl. (laughs) Jared Goff's the one that ranked among the seventh the seven highest rated passers in the league. Jared Goff is the one that led his team to a winning record for the first time in in you know several years. It, It was a remarkable turnaround for Jared Goff over the last two years. Like there was a lot of people around the league talking about that guy being done as a franchise quarterback. Like this was his last gasp. And in the first half of 2021, it looked like his last gasp as a franchise guy in the league. And then he turned it on down the stretch. Then Ben Johnson takes over the offense and they just build on what they did down the stretch in 2021. And he was, he was really a, a fabulous quarterback this year. I, I don't think he is like an elite talent like what we're going to see on, on Sunday night in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts. I think those guys are in a totally different class as individual quarterback talents. But Goff has proved himself to be. The guy he was in 2018 when he was maybe not an elite talent, but he's a good quarterback who can manage what you have and, and take you all the way. I think he played well enough to affirm that belief in him. And that's way more than the line spot they were getting. And the guy, they got two first round picks with him. You know, obviously, I don't think even they expected this kind of production. And now he's playing better ball than Matthew Stafford. Impressive stuff. But for me and, and most improved player for for this season, like, James Houston was a sixth-round pick. James Houston wasn't good enough in training camp to make this team. And by the end of the season, he was having the greatest debut ever by a rookie pass rusher. He made his debut on Thanksgiving. He had two sacks in his first three defensive snaps. Also recovered a fumble on special teams. And went on to have the best six-game start ever by a rookie pass rusher. I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like seven sacks or so. Finished the year with the second most sacks in the league by a rookie, even though he didn't make that debut until Thanksgiving. Just to see his growth bend from what we saw in training camp, which was a remedial player on the third team, deep, deep down the, you know, just down the depth chart, to by season's end looking like a possible fixture alongside Aiden Hutchinson. And it totally revamped Lions pass rush.
1: No, it's a great point. It's an absolute great point because he was just kind of this undersized, kind of obscure pass rusher that got buried on the practice squad. They snuck through final cuts, and then it's a name I didn't even consider because the only thing I've seen from the guy outside of practice is greatness. Like you said, eight sacks in seven games, I mean just fascinating I mean there's not too many stories like that it's just some of the most athletic unique twitchy pass rush moves you've seen in a game and it's like holy crap this is a regular season game he's doing these moves in it's just like coach is telling him not to do moves but he like knows he can get to the quarterback <laughs> with these moves that's how athletic this guy knows he is it's just he's different so that that's a. I love that answer it's a guy I wasn't even thinking about but that's a that's a great answer from not making the initial roster to rewriting some nfl record books at the end of the season so i like i like that
0: so we got the most improved player out of the way i want to do the 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 most approved player i think it's just a nice balance to like there's obviously a lot of good things that happened this year and we're giving guys some props but they went nine and eight there were some issues and they they have eyes for bigger things next year and that means of course you need improvement so I'm just curious, Ben, who's your your player who has the most to prove still going into 2023? You know, it's
1: it's a Jeff Okuda for me. It's really, it's Jeff Okuda. It's just, you know, former third overall pick. Had some really nice flashes this year, but then ends the season getting benched, scratched, not scratched, but had an elbow injury, I believe it was, and missed the season finale. I mean, anytime you're getting benched for Mike Hughes, I don't care how much Dan Campbell says he loves Mike Hughes or not end of the season like for a potential cornerstone guy like that that's that's troublesome that's really troublesome i mean we're heading into the, another offseason with cornerback pretty much triple underlined as this team's top need and i mean jeff okuda had some really good moments last year i mean showed up against justin jefferson you know looked like one of the best run defending cornerbacks in the league at times i mean i really tell people about this guy like his his instincts against the runner special but like that man-to-man coverage guy that press coverage guy it just has not been there and hasn't been there consistently. And it's just kind of been few and far between in coverage flashes. And I mean, they really need somebody to play that press man coverage. Aaron Glenn wants them to play. And I I don't see Jeff Okuda as that guy. So he's got quite a lot to prove as someone who it's like question mark fifth year option. Like that that's crazy that we're even talking about that. There's so much for this kid to prove still.
0: I, I couldn't have said it better myself, and so I don't think I'll try. He he was my guy as well. He mentioned the option. It's $11.5 million. The Lions have a decision to make there by the Monday after the draft. I suspect they won't pick it up. I think that's a lot of money for a guy yeah. who's never proved he can be in every down starting outside cornerback. You know, he came close for parts of last year. He played well for, for stretches, but like you said, he scuffled down the stretch to such a degree that he was benched twice before for the elbow injury in the finale a lot of question marks and i just don't think with jerry jacobs coming back a guy they i mean i would say a probable early round pick at at cornerback perhaps something in pre-agency i mean at that point you know you're like he's not even penciled into a a starting spot on the outside i mean he might win one but you will have a hell of a a battle to get it a a move inside the slot could be in the future for him and a lot of people wonder about a move to safety because he does tackle very well he's very good in run support Mm -hmm. they even used to them more of like a run heavy kind of role in the box down the stretch which I think maybe it would suit his strengths more. Maybe they try to expand on that kind of thing. Who knows? But if any of those things happen, you're not paying that guy 11.5 no. million two years from now. That's just not in the future. So yes, that's to prove. And maybe he will, right? That we've yeah. seen the, the skill set, maybe one more off season to rest, recover, recuperate from the Achilles. I mean, that's, that's a hitting injury, you know? So maybe maybe that does it, but he has to prove it. And there's a lot there. I do want to say real quickly, I think DeAndre Swift also could be in that conversation. For he's sure. probably not surpassing Kuda, but he's also a guy for me that I have circled going into next year just because we know the game breaking ability that he has, but he's never been able to sustain it. Last year was his healthiest year. He played more than ever, and it was like he still was not healthy for more than half the year. Yeah. And I think there's doubt on the coaching staff about how much they can rely on him. Which is a, a hard place to be when you want to be a team that controls games on the ground, like the Lions do. So lots of proof for that guy as well. Getting a little long in the tooth, so let's get to the last one here, Ben. Before Aiden Hutchinson, play of the year. What was your top play? Week 15,
1: fourth and inches coming out of the two-minute warning against the New York Jets. You know, just such a, so many layers to this play for why it's the top play of the year for me. Brock Wright, wide open. I mean, it's such a beautiful play design that I think there was like 11.7 yards of separation from the nearest defender. So not only that, not only do you keep the game alive, not only are you in scoring position with another chance, but no, the tight end that nobody knew like six months ago, seven months ago, who had like 11 career catches at Notre Dame, Breaks like four tackles, weaves in and out of traffic, ends up scoring the game-winning touchdown. I mean, if you're a fan of the dots from NFL Next Gen Stats, these are just the best of all time. I mean, watching Brock Wright's dots slow down to the sideline and then weave in between four defenders. I mean, that was kind of the play where it's like, all right, this season's different because that was a pretty magical moment right there. It was uh, such an unbelievable touchdown.
0: I think we got some audio of Dan Miller calling the shot on that one. Let's right, he he's just one of the best. Let's get to Dan uh, the call
2: from Ben's play of the year. So here we go. Fourth and about a foot for the Lions just shy of midfield. Goff up under center. Justin Jackson alone back. Goff's going to throw it. Back and looking. Throws wide open left side. Brock right with it. To the 30. Brock right 25. Brock right 20. Comes back at the 10. To the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Oh my. 51 yards. Goff to Brock Wright. And the Lions are back in front. Oh baby. How big is that? Brock Wright. Yes. Brock
0: Wright. <laughs> yeah, Ben. Exciting stuff. I was in New York for that one, and when he caught the ball, like <laughs> I remember, like gesturing towards the field. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like it's nothing but green grass. <laughs> and uh, credit to Brock Wright. I think really credit to Ben Johnson on a, a really great, great concept. And the Lions talked afterward about how they had set up that play by having. You know, Brock Wright in such a, a block heavy role. And then on that play, he lines up attached to the right side of the, of the formation, fakes like he's going to block, and then leaks out the other side, the left side of the, the formation. And like that play in a vacuum is difficult to cover. It's just a difficult play to cover, which is why you see more teams running it than ever. But when you set it up the way the Lions did, and I think that's something that Ben Johnson, at one of his greatest strengths, is not just calling plays, but maybe a, a sequence of plays that makes sense together, setting things up. It leads to a play where you got a, t- a tight end with 20 yards of green grass between him and anyone else, and we won a game for him on fourth down, come fourth down. What do you see? <laughs> I, it's a good call, Ben. I like that one. I know I have nothing to disagree with you. I just want a different direction. The 10.8 seconds. In Chicago. Oh, and we yeah. Can't, right. right. So the Lions, it, and it's not just for me that play, it's the context of play. You know, they were they were the worst team in the league. And I think anyone watching that team knew they weren't the worst team. They were losing a bunch of games, but there was something there. And you saw that something the week before against Green Bay. And they beat Aaron Rodgers. He's stomping around the field. Like, that, that was a great showing by the defense. The offense said enough to, to win the game. It was their second win of the year. And the season could have gone a totally different direction if they hadn't won the following week in Chicago, but they did Ben, they won a second game in a row. And they and, and it really, I think, built that momentum and solidified that momentum that had been building for a couple of weeks and it really turned it into something real. I mean, players were like understanding at that point, you know, yeah. where this team was at, that they could turn the court, that they could win these games. And and that game was won. It, the win was solidified with a, a dramatic fourth down stand against uh, Justin Fields, who, hey, I mean, he was the most elusive quarterback on planet earth this past yeah. season. And we saw it weekly, and especially in the week leading up to that game. And it's fourth and long, and he's dancing around, and the Lions had a couple of shots at him, and he he, he stands up, and he stands up. And finally, Julian Acora brings him down. It was a, a 10.8 second play which is just obscene in the NFL a lot of coverage in the back end on that play of course the the pass rush was good too, bringing him down and and it guaranteed their their second win in a row and really just built toward the finish I think that that the season for me just really turned on that play especially for the defense like that brought a lot of confidence to a defense that at that point was on pace for historic worsts and the defense played much better down the stretch as well and that Chicago game was like I think the first time we really we really saw that. We had, you know, Dan Miller on the podcast talking about that play yeah. because he, the call was so good, too. So let's cut to Dan Miller calling the, the, the shot on that fourth down stand in Chicago. Here
2: we go, boys. Let's get off this field. Minute 12 to go. Fourth and eight Chicago from their own 32. Lions lead it by one. There's the shotgun snap to Fields, he's back, Fields looking, Fields pressured, Fields keeping behind, he's going down, no he's staying up, Fields, no he's going down, get Get him down, get him down, sacked, three tries, third time was the charm, Julian Okwara finally took him down oh my goodness i've never seen anything like that before in your life have you seen anything like this kid he stayed up he stayed up then they took him down and the lions with 59 seconds to go can put a nail in
0: this game right here dramatic dramatic stuff ben you were there for it as well what's your recollection of that play in chicago i just remember the day justin fields was having it
1: just felt like he was never gonna go down like it was like he's not going down i just watched this dude break a 61 yard touchdown run through the teeth of this defense i mean it was just at that point it was like this defense like you said it was a turning point i just remember feeling like holy crap they actually got him down they actually closed it out like this dude I mean, I think Fields broke like 14 tackles, forced like 14 missed tackles that day. It just really felt like he wasn't going to hit the ground. And I just like, all right, how's he going to do this one? How's he going to go? Where's he going to go? And he actually hit the ground. I do remember it feeling like, all right, this team's, this team's actually closing games out the way that, I mean, signs of improvement. I, I, I like that answer too. It was a turning point. That was a
0: really important thing. Yeah, it turned good feelings. I mean, they were feeling good about where they were headed. They knew they were a good offensively. They needed improvement defensively, and they thought they were on that course, this was like week two of like after the fighting of Bobby Pleasant. They played much better against the Packers. But then you have, like, I wouldn't want to build a team around Justin Fields. I I don't envy Chicago's position because I think it's going to be hard to build a consistent winner around that guy, at least based on what we've seen so far. But he is an immense talent yeah. that can break you on any particular play. And so when you're in a game where I, I don't remember what the score was, but it's a one score a game and you need to stop and he's dancing around this guy who's been breaking the backs of every defense he's faced for a month. Yeah, bringing the guy down, solidifying a second straight win, showing you that your defense can get the stops required to win games, and doing it, it two weeks in a row, yeah. I just think really set the table for what we saw down the stretch and the good vibes and the good energy that we see from this team now heading into 2023. For me, the, the season really turned on in that particular what more than any other. That's what we got. That's some good stuff, Ben. It was a remarkable, memorable year, at least oh. by Lion standards. And there's a lot of reasons to feel good going forward. Aiden Hutchinson and his emergence is one of the biggest reasons for that. So let's get to my interview with Aiden Hutchinson from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. All right, Ben. I'm joined now, courtesy of Bounty, and through the magic of Zoom, by none other than Aiden Hutchinson, the busiest, busiest man in, in, in Phoenix this week. Aiden, you're all <laughs> you're all over Radio Row. Got the new commercial with Cameron Hayward. You're on the red carpet for NFL honors. Finished second in the defensive rookie of the year voting. Won the fan voting for Pepsi rookie of the year. The list goes on, my man. What has this week been like for you?
3: You know, man, to be honest, it's been a little chaotic. It's been a little crazy, but good crazy, though. It's something that I love. And, you know, you play a very long season and you get rewards for it at the end of the year with things like this. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, well, and your biggest award of the week, Aiden, I'm sure just moments ago, you were named our Defensive Player of the Year for Detroit in Rookie of the Year. Oh, nice. So I'm sure it's, you know, trophies in the mail. I'm sure it's a big big deal.
3: <laughs> Actually, my favorite award has been Best Eye Black of the Year. And they, they they gave me that on the red carpet. So yeah, that was dope.
0: Nice, nice. I like it. I love it. So I'm, I'm curious what, what this week has been like for you. Have you done the Radio Row gauntlet before? Or is this your first time going through it?
3: Yeah, I've done it last year, but this year obviously it's been a little more chaotic as as you know I begin to rise the ranks a little bit. So no, it's fun though. It's all good stuff. Kind of just just interviews after interviews. You know how it goes.
0: I do. I've been through there a number of times. What's the worst, weirdest thing you've been you've been asked this week?
3: Everyone loves to ask about Dan Campbell versus Harbaugh. That's been like the oh. question every single interviewer has asked. So I'd say that has been a hot a hot topic for me. Yeah, and who's your pick? It's just they're different, you know? Say similar intensity, different guys though. Sure.
0: You attended the NFL honors this week. you, you finished runner-up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's a tremendous accomplishment. Sauce Gardner won it. I'm curious what that event was like for you, just being there, being around all of the stars and celebrities and what that was like. And then being able to finish in the top two for for that kind of award.
3: No, it was it was sweet, man. The whole the whole experience was was a lot of fun, red carpet, a lot of interviews and stuff. I saw Cara Delevingne on stage. She's, you know, uh-huh. she's cool. So yeah. that was, that was cool. That was a cool moment. I didn't think, yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty cool. But, but uh, there was a lot of cool people there, but it was a lot of fun.
0: Were you starstruck at all? Anyone you see and it's like, oh shit. Probably
3: her dude. She was, she was announcing an award. I was like, she's here yeah wow. that was cool
0: you know sauce is a, a detroit guy he grew up on the east side you're from plymouth which is the west side of, of metro detroit i mean you guys are like 25 yeah. miles apart and you're the top right. two rookies in the league top two defensive
3: rookies in the league i'm curious like like what that's like for you guys do you know sauce i mean I, we know of each other obviously but we, we haven't had too many oh. interactions i was with him a little bit at draft but I haven't seen him a ton, but, you know, Michigan produces athletes. Michigan produces just great <laughs> football players. So, you know, that's 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 all I really – that's the biggest point coming out of all of this, I think.
0: You know, nine and a half sacks more than any other rookie in the league. set an NFL record for interceptions. I mean, your your list of accomplishments this year, Aiden, is exhaustive, you know. I'm curious, yeah. when you when you look back on the last 12 months from, you know, draft day to where you're sitting now,
3: what's the best memory you have from year one in the NFL? You know, it's I'm really just grateful for the whole process. This whole process has been sometimes very humbling, sometimes very rewarding. You know, it's 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 had its ups and downs, but it's in the end, it's been great. But I think getting that call draft day was was one of those top moments for me because it's one of those things you'll never forget. You know, getting that call from that Detroit three one three area code, it was that's got to be a top moment for me.
0: What was going through your mind when your phone buzzed and it was the three one
3: three? Just gratitude, you know, just just excitement, joy, happiness, I mean, all the good ones. So now, The Lions team website
0: this week ranked your top 10 plays from your rookie year. I know you've been busy, so you probably didn't see it, but they ranked yeah. number one, your TFL at the goal line against David Montgomery and the, the Bears. Oh, league. nice. I'm curious, do you agree? Do you have a different favorite play from your rookie year?
3: I don't know. I do those. I would rank those a little bit differently because... Although that play was cool, I think they score on that drive. <laughs> anyway, so like importance, when I think of importance, I think of like game changing. As wow. cool as that play was, it didn't end up stopping them score a touchdown, but it did stop it for one play. So I would probably, I, I don't, I, I can't even think of my plays. I mean, I know that Aaron Rodgers interception, that's got to be up there because that was a red zone turnover. That's that's huge. I'm, I'm sure a sack on Aaron on third down for holding them to a, Field goal, stuff like that. That's, that's that's bigger in the grand scheme of things.
0: What was your favorite road trip from your first tour through
3: the NFL? Favorite um, road trip? You know, I think I'd say my favorite place to play has been Minnesota. I mean, right. they got a pretty sick stadium, yeah. and it's and I love like, like heat stuff too. It's their whole skull thing, it's pretty dope. I like it.
0: The uh, the entrance they have for you guys, you know, like I don't know how much you are aware of because you're in the tunnel, but they're playing this like video in the stadium that's talking about what like the actual Vikings do to their like opponents at war, and it's not it's not pretty. And then it's like yeah, then the video gets to something like how they used to like freeze out their opponents and and shit like that, and then that's like that's cued up with you guys running onto the field and there's like big snow.
3: (laughs) That's sweet. I, I didn't know that. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a cool stadium. This question came from a fan. Who is the, who's the toughest guy for you this year to to practice against? Favorite line? You know, the, the toughest? Practice against. Team.
3: Yeah. Honestly, dude, look, I, me and Penny have gone up against each other so many times now. I, I probably just said, Penny is the guy I've went up against the most. So I'd probably just say, probably say Pene just because, I mean, he's, a, he's such a talented tackle and I love going up against him every day.
0: Oh, he's got the upper hand in those matchups.
3: I don't know, dude. It's kind of it's it's a little weird because you get in the season and it's like it's like you don't even like practice. You know, like <laughs> our, really, what you saw in camp was like all the, the the last times we all like really went up against each other because we don't really in the NFL you don't really go. Those practices are pretty are pretty light. I mean, you you run a lot, but you're not trying to kill your teammates, you know. No, no. So you saw
0: this Eagles team in Week One, and I, I think despite a question you've gotten this week, but I'm just
3: I, I wanted to ask him
0: about the, the the game itself. You guys saw the Eagles in Week One. You saw personally Jalen Hurts. I know he got the best of you a time or two in that game, and it was a, it was a long time ago. But just curious memories from that game and and your thoughts going into this game.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, they're they're a real talented football team, and so I think they got a really good chance at winning the Super Bowl. And you know, Jalen obviously has had a really great rise in the really really steady rise in the NFL. So they got everything that's that's coming at him. He deserves.
0: So Aaron Rodgers made a lot of headlines last year for his ayahuasca trip. Last week he said he was going to do something apparently called a dark room where he's going to sit in the dark for four days and then make his decision on his future. I'm not sure what you have planned for this off season. I'm just curious what, what your plan is because I know for as much as you did on an individual level this year, your expectations for yourself and for your defense and, and for your team are, you know, they're they're much bigger next year. So what, what, what's your off season look like going forward?
3: Yeah. You know, I've taken a good month off from football and and weightlifting. So I'm going to get back into it here pretty soon. And, and you know, just, just, grinding and and, and improvement as a player and getting ready for my big year two uh
0: ben johnson's coming back to detroit it sounds like aaron glenn probably would come back to detroit i'm just curious you know your enthusiasm of, of you know obviously you want eight out of ten going down the stretch what are your thoughts going here and year two and all that you guys have back both in terms of personnel as well as obviously the coaching staff
3: yeah it's huge it's huge to, to have the same personnel especially when you had that success when we had the success late in the season no, it's, it's really big for us and it's really big for the offense and the defense and man i just want to pick up where we left off next year that's the plan
0: you're um a big star now you know and, and you're from the detroit area you play in detroit yeah you, you played your college ball at michigan a, a huge football school I'm, I'm just curious like when you go out in detroit now I, i'm sure you're getting recognized and I am curious what that has been like, what kind of encounters you have with with the people out in out in public. Yeah, you
3: know, it's 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 a little wild. It's definitely getting more and more, especially as I increase my name and and you know, get some more marketing deals like my one with bounty right here. You know, you can't have football without wings and you can't have wings without bounty. And so Bounty's my quicker picker upper. So I'm always, you know, I always use, use Bounty when I'm, when I'm eating my wings. So yeah, it's it's, it's it's changed a little bit for sure. Aiden, that was very
0: expertly done. I, you didn't have to wait for the question to be asked what, what you're doing out there before. <laughs> that, was, that was well done. That was a promo. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Good luck down there. I, I
3: hope you make it out alive. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you. Have a good Take one. Take care. Yep.
1: This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of M Live's Detroit Lions Beat. Thank you for listening to The Dungeon of Doom and M Live Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to The Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again.